Good afternoon. I'm standing off center because I don't want to stand directly in front of Adam. <laughs> My name is Reverend Angela Wells Bean. I'm the Minister for Congregational Care here at Naples United Church of Christ. If I have not met you yet, I am thrilled that you are here this afternoon for our midweek meditation, whether in person or online. And if we have met before, then I'm also glad that you are here. Thank you for joining us for this time to catch our breath in the midst of our week. Our musicians today are Adam Satinsky on cello and Dr. Alexandra Carlson on piano. We are blessed to have both of them this afternoon. Um, Please, the bulletins that you got with you when you came in, please take these with you. On the back of the service order is lots of information about our upcoming Holy Week and Easter events. It might be hard to believe, but Holy Week is next week. So join us this coming Sunday for the start of that week with our Palm Sunday celebration and then moving into Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and of course, Easter Sunday the following week. So do take those with you and join us as it works for you. And we have a beautiful outdoor labyrinth on our campus, and so when our service is over today, if you want to continue your time of meditation and devotion, please make use of our labyrinth on this beautiful, warm Naples afternoon. So thank you so much for being here, and now let us center our hearts and minds as we prepare for worship. Please join me in our invocation, which you'll find printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we come to you this afternoon for a deep breath, a pause, a brief moment of reconnection with so many concerns and issues that demand our attention. Draw us near to you as a mother hen gathers her brood under her wings. Guide us and nurture us as we walk this Lenten journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this afternoon comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13. Hear these words. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today and tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and yet you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Ah, what a beautiful image, the fox in the hen house. The Bible was written so many years ago, and sometimes it has this reputation of being really inaccessible and having language that we can't relate to, but what an apt metaphor. I think we can all envision what a chicken coop might look like the morning after a fox spent the night in it. 
Although, I did recently read an article from the BBC about how a flock of chickens in northwestern France banded together and killed a fox that was stuck in their hen house overnight. So sometimes the tables turn, but that's not the usual outcome. We know that normally if a fox is alone alone with a bunch of chickens, there's going to be a bloodbath, and it's not going to be the fox's blood. So in today's reading, it's pretty clear who the fox and the hen are. Jesus calls Herod a fox, and he refers to himself as a hen. But there's more than one fox in this story. It's the Pharisees. It's always the Pharisees. (laughs) They are out for the hen's blood. You see, it might appear at first like the Pharisees are looking out for Jesus. They're, they're being protective and surprisingly benevolent. They tell Jesus, hey, get out of here. Herod wants to kill you. It seems like they're looking out for his best interests and they're worried about him and they're giving him warning. You know, you need to leave. You're in trouble. But not all is, is as it appears. And their warning to Jesus was deceptive. They conveyed this message to Jesus to get out of here, not to protect him, but to literally just get him to go away. They wanted to have Jesus arrested, and they didn't have a reason. They couldn't pin anything on him. So the Pharisees, they're getting increasingly frustrated while Jesus' teachings and healings are generating more and more palpable enthusiasm among the masses. So they want him to go away, no longer drawing crowds, no longer generating excitement. And so they think, oh, if we tell him that Herod is after him, maybe that'll motivate him to get on the run. But Jesus sees right through the Pharisees. He knows they're not looking out for his best interests. He's clever. And as he often is with his interactions with the powerful elites, he tells the Pharisees, you go back to Herod and you deliver the message that Jesus is not about to stop his ministry. This neatly trapped the Pharisees. After all, how did they know that Jesus, that Herod wanted to kill Jesus? What were they doing talking to the enemy? If they really had such easy access to Herod and could get information directly to and from this incredibly powerful man, what did that say about them and their allegiance? Did they really have their, the, fellow interest, the best interests of their fellow Jews and Jesus at heart? If they were associating with the enemy, Jesus knew the answers to all these questions. So Herod and the Pharisees are the foxes who are out to get the hen. And Luke, using the image of Jesus as a hen gathering her chicks under her wings, I think is an incredibly beautiful metaphor for Jesus. Jesus as the mother hen, you can just envision it, getting all those tiny little vulnerable chicks under her wings. This is the message of courage and vulnerability. There are a few kinds of courage in this world. We know there's instinctual courage, right? This is what motivates us to make instantaneous decisions to protect other people. Instinctual courage is a kind that leads us into burning buildings or to pull someone away from oncoming traffic, right? It drives us to risk our lives for the sake of others, maybe even a stranger. It's instantaneous. But this isn't the kind of courage that Jesus demonstrates. His courage is slow 
and measured and consistent. And he recommits himself to this courage over and over again, even and especially in the face of grave danger. He had so many opportunities to stay away from Jerusalem or leave as the Pharisees advised, at least until the fervor surrounding him had died down. He could have gone and hidden in the woods until Herod got distracted by something else and forgot about pursuing him. But he doesn't do that. He anticipates the challenge and the suffering. And in this text, he even foreshadowed his own death. And yet he kept going. He said, you tell Herod that my ministry is not yet finished. He kept walking towards Jerusalem because he knew there were people in this city that needed him and he wasn't going to be a coward and turn away just to save his own skin. The word courage comes from the Latin root word core, C-O-R, meaning heart. Heart in Spanish is corazón. Concord, agreement, means con, with, core, heart, with heart. Discord, Dis, without core, heart, without heart, concord and discord. Courage means living with heart. It's a willingness to embrace our vulnerability in order to live in right relation with God and the rest of humanity. Jesus was as vulnerable as they come. He had no weapons, no army, no military, no security guards, no way to defend himself. And yet he knew that his calling was to serve and help others. That is how he was called to be in right relation with God, to serve humanity. And the image of the mother hen is a perfect illustration of this kind of courage and vulnerability. And I wonder if human parenthood isn't also a little bit like a hen looking after her chicks. A combination of courage and vulnerability motivated by love. You become vulnerable when you become a parent because this human, this child, is now your heart, your core, walking around outside of your body. And you can't protect it from all that life presents. But you know that what happens to your child happens to you too. You now experience not only all of your own joys and sorrows, but all of those that your child experiences as well. And that is where the courage comes in. You have the courage to stay committed and connected and devoted to your child, knowing that you have to live with your heart broken open in order to do so. Just as Jesus walked straight towards Jerusalem, being a parent means staying the course, walking right towards risk and danger for the sake of your child. Jesus loved the people in Jerusalem as if they were his own children. He wanted to help them and protect them and show them that they were God's beloved children. And he was willing to risk his life, put his life on the line to do that. That is how much he loved them. That love from the heart gave him the courage to call Herod a fox and continue his way into the fox's den that was waiting for him. But we know, like the story of those hens in France that banded together to survive, we know in the end, the hen in this story overcomes death as well, even though he's going right into the den of the fox. And so next time you feel like a hen in the fox den, may you remember to summon your courage and your vulnerability because the world doesn't need more people living in fear 
It needs people who live fearlessly, acting from their core, their heart. Amen. Friends, as we begin to prepare our hearts and minds for Holy Week, may you have the courage to live with your heart broken open so that you can accompany Jesus on his entry into Jerusalem through his trial and crucifixion, and then so that you might also bear witness to his resurrection. And may you go from this place in peace. Amen.